Hello and welcome to episode three of The Educators. And I am delighted to welcome Matt Tompkins, who is the principal and CEO of GEMS First Point School in Dubai. Matt, welcome. Thank you very much, Angela. And you're joining us from sunny Dubai and we were just chatting about how hot it is. What's the temperature right now in Dubai? It's it's 49 degrees outside. Oh um, I've, I've got the um, aircon cranked to 24, which uh, which was the weather I used to get my vest on um, back in the UK. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it feels a lot cooler inside than outside. Yeah, well, we've just had a lovely bank holiday weekend here. And as usual, we're all stripped off when it's around about 21 degrees. So, so yeah, I remember it clearly being in Singapore and it was freezing at 24. So, Matt, I have um, a, a huge accolade of achievements here for you. Um, you're in your 23rd year of teaching and your 19th year as a senior leader in schools. You're really passionate about maximising every learner's potential and celebrating the greatness in every child. Your qualifications include a BA Honours degree in PE and Geography with QTS from Brighton University in the UK, an MA in School Leadership from Canterbury Christchurch in the UK and NPQH National Professional Qualification for Head Teachers again from the UK. Before joining GEMS, you were the principal of Skinner's Kent Academy, which is an outstanding school in Tunbridge Wells, Kent, and the school supported all pupils to realise their best and achieve beyond expectation. Uh, Moving on into 2018, the school was in the top 1% in the country for the progress pupils made in both English and maths on a number of DfE measures. You believe strongly in distributed leadership and accredit the outstanding judgment the school received from Ofsted in June 2016 as an achievement really gained by the whole school community. So now you're in sunny Dubai and you're principal and CEO of of GEMS First Point, which has a family-centred ethos and, and... is being hailed as innovative in its approach um where how did you come to dubai and what are you um trying to achieve right now where you are at gems first point yeah well uh, firstly when you uh, outline uh, all those things it makes me feel incredibly old so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um, to the club. yeah thank you thank you <laughs> um I, I just wish i looked like you um in the uk i was growing incredibly frustrated with the um, the gap between industry and education and mm-hmm. um, we were taking wonderful young people giving them incredible qualifications um, and I started asking myself the question of what what are we actually qualifying these young people for they, they're walking out with mm. the right letters and and uh, later on in my uh, career in the UK numbers um, on a sheet of paper but what does mm-hmm. that actually mean for them what does it qualify for them uh, qualify them to do and um, working with one young man in particular who worked incredibly, incredibly hard to get some wonderful, wonderful grades, who then went off to university, the first in his family to go to university, uh, only to find out that when he'd finished university and got a first-class honours degree, he then had the privilege of doing a year's internship free of charge for somebody before he could be considered to do a job. And I think that summarises for me the gap, the current gap between education and industry. Um, mm. And yeah. uh, I, I know, having spoken to you before, Angela, you know, mm. you feel the same as me. Our primary mm. aim as educators is to prepare young people the best we possibly can to be successful for the rest of their lives. And I needed an opportunity that would uh, allow me to do that. Uh, and uh, Mr. Varkey and uh, the GEMS group have given me that opportunity. Uh, and I'm out here trying some some pretty different things that um, I really hope 
in time will start to change the, the way we look at education across the world. Mm, and, and Matt, you and I have spoken before about the the different uh, success paths that, that students can go on mm. and really providing them. And to give my own example of my three children, one of them did a BTEC, um, one of them did A-levels and the other one did... SATs and, and IB and there's mm. there's routes for, for everybody but how does how does GEM's first point um, enable students to succeed? What kind of innovative approaches are you taking or are there different pathways? Because really what attracted me to, to you and your school was the innovation in finding a route to success for all of your students really. What does that look like at GEM's first point in Dubai? Well if you're, if you're asking what innovation looks like um, uh, for me uh, that question has two sort of answers education um, and innovation and how they work together so firstly why do we need to develop the next generation of innovators um, mm-hmm. uh, which is answering you know with relation to your th- three kids and my and my two yeah. kids um, and then secondly why as educators we need to innovate ourselves uh, what, what is it that we need to do to um, to be innovative so Ultimately, as educators, we want children to form habits, skills and attributes that support them to be successful throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are most successful are those who are able to find new and improved ways of doing things. And, and this, to me, is the definition of, of innovation. So we need to encourage young people to uh, look at the world through their own eyes, I suppose, and their own perspectives, and not through the lenses that um, have previously been prescribed by restrictive curricula, restrictive practices um, mm. that we currently have. So uh, our facilitation of learning should encourage independent research, exploration, uh, and the confidence to look beyond the current correct answers. You, you know, yeah. if, if people didn't challenge the norms, we would still believe the world was flat. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, and then on the flip side of that, as educators, um, the longer we hold on to the past, the further removed we become from the realities of the present, um, mm. uh, and the less well we prepare children for the realities of the future. Um, and if I was to take you back 40 years, um, in pretty much any industry, um, it, it, you, it would be unrecognizable to that same industry um, today. But if I took you back 40 years in education, not an awful lot has changed if I'm mm. completely honest um, and being of an age that we've already <laughs> we've already discussed <laughs> I was there 40 years mm-hmm. ago so I so I can talk with some sort of confidence yes we've changed the color of the board at the front of the room and the material from which we make the the desks and the chairs has changed but but the content is very very similar uh, to, to an mm. alarming level um, and much of the pedagogy is very very similar uh, as well so um, we can't afford to keep falling behind industry at this rate because we're not supporting our, our students to be successful in life. Yeah, and that there's so much debate right now. I was actually reading something on LinkedIn this morning um, about discussion whether assessments are really preparing any of our young people for the real world and how whether it should be educators who are making the change or whether educators alongside businesses should be coming up with agendas for educational change and innovation and there's something really interesting that you do at GEMS First Point in Dubai which we talked about which is from the early 
very very early years mm. you start talking to children about career choices and and really kind of making the real world out there seem very real to them could you talk us through that a little bit in terms of the progress that a, a child will make in, in that respect going through your school yeah yeah we look at the um the I, I suppose the key transferable skills that have remained constant and and that mm -hmm. we can see as key skills for the future um, for, for young people to be successful. And then we map those from FS1, we, we, we run mm -hmm. it all through school, all the way through to year 13. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're looking at those skills and attributes and what they look like. And then what we do is we try to encourage the dialogue around aspirations and dreams and um, what people want to do when they're older. So uh, in FS1, for example, so those little tots of, uh, of, of three years old, they get dressed up in the, um, in the uniform or the clothes or, um, uh, you know, they somehow express themselves in, the, in, in what they want to do when they're older. So we get um, doctors come in and we get vets and we get, um, yeah, we get, we get all sorts of professions. Um, so you have, have a career day for foundation stage. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and the, the, you know, the, the fun is the dressing up um, and, and, and they get very excited about that. <laughs> so they have conversations at home about what they want to dress up yeah. as and why they want to dress up as it. And then they, they come into school and we have um, conversations with them that we record their answers about why they want to be a vet or why they want to do whatever job. So let, let's, let's use VET as an example. So um, it might be because they want to work with animals. It might be because they feel they want to work outside. It might be because they want to um, cure things and help things and, uh, and solve problems. And so it, it really, really helps us on, on two levels. One, we can, uh, as they continue to grow and we see patterns in what they would like to do, we can dis discuss with them jobs that are being evolved and developed that maybe their their parents aren't aware of. Um, game design, for example, is one of the mm -hmm. fastest growing um, industries in the world, you know, to, to um, but, but there won't be many parents who are involved in that. Um, so for us to be able to look at the types of things that children want to do and then um, with them develop, um, develop their ideas, develop what what they want to be when they're older so de mm. develop their yeah. notion of success i suppose yeah and one thing i was really impressed with in a, in a previous conversation we had was um this approach you have to the involvement of parents all mm. the way through so it's not just coming in for parent teacher conferences or parents evenings and kind of writing a newsletter but you really do make that connection between business parents and the school all the way through yeah, so I was a, I was a secondary school um, teacher back in the UK, mm -hmm. and that you almost got the feeling that um, I, I mean that either kids didn't want their parents there, or um, you, you know it was it, in primary it's very much a, you know a drop off at the classroom uh, and discussions every day with parents, and it, it seems to get less and less as you go through mm. school. And um, as a parent of um, a year ten and a year twelve. I, I really want to know what's going on. I really want yeah. to help. I really want to support. I want to be part of those discussions. Um, so involving our parents, and we have incredible parents at, at, at First Point School, um, involving those parents in those discussions has been really helpful, not just with their own children, but what we've done is we've built up a bank of interviews with, um, with, with parents about the jobs that they do. So that, um, and it's a scary statistic about how many 
um, young people follow their parents into the profession that their parents mm-hmm. have got. It, it mm-hmm. becomes quite restrictive. But but yeah. because you have a deep understanding of that uh, of that role, you're more likely to select it and pick it. Um, so being able to provide that for all of our students and create a library of um, experiences of parents has been invaluable to us and the discussions that we're having with young people. And and it's so relevant, isn't it? This this making education a part of the world outside and not Mm. something in its own, something that's just academic, isn't related to the business world. And there's a lot of debate currently post-COVID and you probably heard in the UK right now about learning loss and catch up and kids being crammed in to do tutoring to kind of catch up with information that they, they haven't seemed to have gained or had access to over the last um, one and a half, two years. Mm. What's your, um, what are your thoughts on this and, and what do you think about what needs to change? I, I, I'm split on it, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Industry does need some sort of indicator mm-hmm. as to um, the, the level of, uh, of young people, the level they're operating at. Can you get all of that from an interview when you're speaking to a young person? You probably couldn't, mm. or you'd probably have to conduct 700 interviews because you wouldn't be able to differentiate between the, um, the different CVs that you're given. Yeah. On the flip side of that, if we're giving young people a genuine experience of industry, and if we can measure that consistently, if we can measure the skills that they've developed consistently and have those aligned with the skills that are required by industry, then we're giving our young people a better education, we're giving our young people a more relevant education, and uh, we're giving industry key indicators as to whether or not that young person is going to be successful in the world of work, their particular mm. world of work. And where do you think this change will come from? And there's, there's an awful lot of talk and noise about everything that you're doing, and you are, I would say, one of the very few schools that is making that connection between business and families and students how can we how can we make that change where where is it going to come from how can we drive that well if you're asking me as a as an educator uh, we run mm. for example we run uh, internship programs as an integral part of our sixth form study mm-hmm. so you you have the option as a sixth form student at our school to go off to uh, companies like Siemens Schneider Electric um, uh, Mirai Partners the Algorea Foundation one day a week to go and get a real experience of what it is to... That's um, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's fantastic on a number of levels. Well, um, for, for the students, they get a real experience of what, of what life is like. Mm-hmm. What they also get to do is they get to try out all of that theory that we're teaching in classroom. They get to th- yep. try it out in practice. So their depth of understanding of, of that theory, work, it, 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 it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, and then for the young people who are applying to university, we've actually got five students this year on full scholarships to university, um, which in you know the current economic times is, is absolutely incredible. It's incredibly incredible. impressive, yeah. Um, now, uh, the reason they're getting those scholarships is because they're, be, they're able to talk at interview with, um, you know, with genuine credibility about why they want to go into a certain industry or why they want to, uh, to study a certain um, subject. They have something very different to the vast majority of other young people in the world who are applying for those um, spots. So, so their grades go up, so they're applying with straight A's, but, but a lot of kids apply with straight A's. But then they sit in the interviews and they're able to 
you know, talk about the frustrations of um, hmm. talking to the QA department about um, <laughs> about <Yep>. try, <laughs> trying to get a project through, about, yep. about um, you know, the realities of design and, you know, how it's great to have all of these ideas. But actually, um, what, what, what does that actually look like in something that we can create at the moment? And then by bringing those young minds through, the, the feedback we're getting from these, you know, these globally recognized companies is that they're bringing fresh ideas, fresh sets of eyes to... Um, uh, to problems that have only previously been looked at by degree graduates who I suppose have been channeled in a certain way to look at things in a certain way and understand things in a certain way they're bringing a very very different context a very very different set of ideas to the same problems they've been facing for years and years and if you're if I were ahead listening to this thinking this is fantastic and I think back to the last podcast with William Goldsmith who's getting rid of the common entrance exam and and moving forward with a skills and attitudes and PYP based Mm. um, framework. What has been the biggest challenge in developing this kind of school, either with teachers or parents or students? What's been the the biggest barrier to to your success? If there have been any, or maybe there haven't been any. Um, Well, let me me start with the biggest enabler. Yeah. So I I was very, very fortunate when I first came into um, education. I worked. I worked all my career in Kent before um, uh, before I came out to Dubai. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in my first school back in 1997, uh, a school called Maskell's, I worked with an incredibly innovative group of of PE Mm -hmm. teachers. I was a PE teacher myself. Um, before I grew this belly, which I'm I'm hiding below the screen. We did talk about that. We're going down the no food route now, rather than lots of exercise. We are. We are. We are so. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, to work to work with uh, with uh, with those practitioners who really pushed and stretched me in terms of my level of understanding. So I came out of university with a level of understanding about what it was to be a PE teacher and the things that I would be doing. And they immediately stretched and challenged my thinking and, and, and asked me to do more and be more creative. Mm. And were very clear about there are no wrong answers. You, you know, it's, yeah. it's how hard you Absolutely. want to work for the right answer. How, how hard yeah. you want to work to make your answer right. And then joining Mr. Varkey over here after a string of um, innovators in the other schools that I worked in. Here's someone whose innovation and his vision have driven global success of what is now the biggest education group in the world Um, and he he doesn't stop his mind is constantly you know you you build this wonderful thing that's gems education it's just a wonderful wonderful project uh, and and an incredible product but he's not happy with that he wants to keep making it better and better and better and the the best thing for me about Mr. Varkian and, and about the GEMS group is that the, their passion is to make a difference to children. And, and yeah. every, every educator, yeah. yeah, every educator can sign up to that. And if you go to, um, if you go to the board, if you go to the senior leaders within, um, uh, within our group with an idea, they embrace it. Uh, and the reason they embrace it is if it will make a difference to young people's lives. And if it does, they go for it, and, and so I suppose for for other leaders, that, that that's that's the way to go. It's embrace change uh, and support uh, yeah, change. It's so important, Matt, isn't it, to have that? I'm, I'm working, or we're working as a consultant with a few schools, looking at the culture of innovation and and how you can 
uh, develop an innovative culture and what mm. you're saying is you need to have an open-minded board you need to have somebody who's receptive to ideas and you need to have the opportunity for them to be okay with you to take a risk yeah. and to do it and to come back and say this will work this hasn't worked this is how we're going to move forward yeah i i often think you know we're all, we're all here for a certain period of time aren't we mm-hmm. and um you know, we 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 can make a certain difference in that time, and I, and I often think, you know, when I'm sat there in my little house back in the UK when I've retired, and I look back and and think about the difference that I've made. You know, do I want to look back and think, yeah, actually, I I, I babysat a school within a system I didn't really agree with, and we yep. got great grades, but but you know, mm-hmm. what what difference did I genuinely make? Or I could take a number of risks, and I know, you know, uh, I'm a I am a risk taker by by nature. I am a risk taker. But, you know, I've taken a number of risks. Hopefully some of them come off and uh, and we and we can genuinely make a difference. And I can sit back and I can see kids going to school all over the world with a, you know, with a better curriculum, with a better, um, a better opportunity to be successful in life. And, and your vision, I mean, it's very clear the passion that you have on what you've achieved so far for Gem's first point and with the support of a you know, very innovative board that's mm. willing to take risks. Um, your vision for Gem's first point is, is what over the next few years, what do you hope to continue to achieve or, or what additional things do you have in, in, in store for us? Yeah, it, I mean, I, I want to be the best school we can possibly be for the young people that we've got. In a nutshell, that's it. Yeah, we all write vision statements. We've all got yep. ethoses, um, but but ultimately that will continue to evolve every yeah. year. Um, you know, in the summer when we when we finally draw breath, I, I sit there and I'm absolutely convinced our school has done absolutely everything that we could possibly have done for the young people in our charge, and uh, and I'm very proud of it, and I'm, I'm very proud of our school. The following year. We always find more. We always find different ways to do things. You, you know, we we become more effective. We become more efficient. Uh, it, it gets me every year. Uh, I think the other thing from a leader's perspective is uh, there's no leader who's got the monopoly on good ideas. And it, it's about listening to the people who you work alongside. Uh, yeah. And that includes students. That includes parents. That includes industry partners. That, you know, that includes everybody. And that's another interesting topic, isn't it? How do you, in such a large school Mm. have that culture of innovation where ideas can be heard and obviously clearly everyone's in a safe environment where they can generate those but how does that how does that happen how do you as a leader hear those ideas that are happening and how do they filter up or or what mechanism do you have for that Uh, I, I, I I'm genuinely interested in people's ideas and I celebrate when people have great ideas that are very very successful and I take the blame when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, and within a culture like that, there are no wrong answers. You, we just we just Absolutely. keep working harder. You, you know, if if we come up with an idea and it and it doesn't quite work or it's not quite the right time or whatever, we we've still learnt something from from developing that idea um, and from looking at things. And the the the, the right answer is coming. And I suppose <laughs> the answers get more right all of the time. That's, that's 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 what we do in education. That's what we do in in, in evolving our ideas. Uh, uh, you you never get to the final answer. You, your answers just get more right every every time you go through them. So, if you're sitting back in your 
wherever you're going to be living when you retire, <laughs> what yeah. would you like the students, your students to have said about you and what would you like your teachers to have said about you? Uh, I'd like to be known as fair and consistent. Um, I just like them to be happy with their education. What they think about me is less important than what they think about themselves. And um, yeah. if they can reflect on their education and feel that they've had a wonderful education and yeah. that set them up for the rest of their lives, then um, that's 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 what I want to hear. I'm somebody who shies away from um, from that sort of stuff. That's not that's that's not me at I all. I know I dragged you onto this podcast <laughs> for, 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 a, for such a modest man. Um, I'm really grateful that you you agreed to come in and, and share your experience and. If you were to say how you would like our education system to move forward and, and, and if we can make that change, what would it look like? So would you get rid of exams? Would you keep exams? Would you help every school to have a range of options for different different students? Um, because for me, I know innovation is personally very much about inclusion um about including everybody in a success yep. story um yep. what 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 will we see in the world of matt tompkins if we've done a good job with our education system well uh, let me pick up on the inclusion we've recently been voted the um uh, uh, the best uh, and most inclusive school in the uh, in the middle east which is oh, you know alongside well, uh, thank you yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're incredibly proud incredibly yeah. proud uh, but it's our students who've earned that accolade yeah um working alongside the uh, the wonderful staff we've got mm. uh, i suppose i'm ever hopeful that our schools um and our curricula can evolve um and ensure that we're we're doing the best we can possibly do to prepare students to be successful in life uh, i hope there are different pathways yeah. that students can take i hope those pathways are not prescriptive i hope they're not restrictive um, there needs to be movement between pathways. Um, we, we need to provide an education that supports every young person to be successful, uh, that, that knows every young person and that supports young people to know themselves. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy question to answer and uh, I, I suppose we're, we're going about it by integrating industry and education together and uh, I, I know from an education perspective, we are learning hugely from industry and from what industry tell us, they're learning hugely from education. So um, I, I, uh, I think that the two systems should stop acting in isolation and they should be brought together, which means that uh, on the boards um, who decide the answer to the question that you've just asked, mm -hmm. there needs to be fair representation. There can't be just experienced educators on those boards who have been bought mm -hmm. themselves through a certain system uh, further develop uh, that system and then you know it has to reflect industry and unfortunately the vast majority of um, educators have only experienced one industry and yeah. that is education well, Matt my sentiments are totally with yours and totally agree and and uh, from what everything you've achieved um, at GEMS 
first point with the support of your your innovative cultured board uh, I sincerely hope that you can pave the way for for other schools to follow because it it truly is amazing what you've achieved um, at Gem's first point and thank you so much in your very busy schedule for finding time to talk to us and um, I will be taking you up on that invitation to come and visit you very soon (laughs) as soon as we can travel Um, uh, and in the meantime I would like to wish you all the very best uh, with Gem's first point Dubai and uh, may you continue to innovate and, and make the changes you've made so far Thank you Angela it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so that was Matt Tompkins, Principal and CEO at GEMS First Point in Dubai. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Genuinely amazing to hear all about the world of education and innovation at the school there. For more information about GEMS First Point, just visit www.gemsfirstpointschool-dubai.com or just Google GEMS First Point Dubai and it'll come straight to the top of your search results. But also, if you'd like to know more about future-proofing your school through strategic development, then do contact Angela Fairs, our host, by visiting www www.fullcircle-education.co.uk or you can email her directly it's angelafairs at fullcircle-education.co.uk but also if you haven't followed this podcast yet then now really is the time to do it because that way when the next episode is released you'll receive a small notification just to let you know that it's there so go and do that now but in the meantime thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast and we look forward to seeing you next time bye for now